Hello, brothers and sisters. Pastor Jason here. I'm excited to be back with you on this episode. I want to talk to you on this episode about the mark of the beast. And I thank you, Linda, for calling in and uh, or mentioning to us in church the other day that you wanted us to be able to do this. She's a dear sister in the Lord. But there's a lot of talk about the mark of the beast. And I want to thank you for your listens. Over 3,100 plays on Podbean. Thank you for sharing. Keeps us motivated to be able to do this and produce these for free. But as I was thinking about the mark of the beast, the first thing I want to say is the book of Revelation is a very difficult book. And I want to encourage you to go to BibleHub.com. They have a ton of free commentaries and I want you to read them and I think you'll find different commentaries that you know have different views and it's very thought provoking that's what I love about the book of Revelation is there's so many interpretations and I don't think anyone's really going to know until they get to heaven and God's going to straighten us all out but I do want to make a stab at this for what I believe God has allowed me to see and first of all I want to say one of the reasons it's difficult is because they have what I call a threefold prophecy and a threefold prophecy is simply something that happened in the past something that's happening in the present and something that is going to happen in the future. So when you look at the book of Ezekiel, for instance, and we talk about end times and we talk about the wheels and things and the visions that he saw and the beasts he saw, they don't line up exactly with the book of Revelation. But I believe a lot of those had a past meaning, had a present meaning, but also Ezekiel's warning from the future. See, God is, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And he can do multiple things. He can speak to a child and convict them of their sin and also speak to an 80-year-old. That's how God is. And Scripture, the more you dive in, the more you read, the more you understand. But I do believe that there are a lot of things that happened that uh, that had already happened in the book of Revelation. But I want to talk just for a second. I want to talk about what I call a paradigm. And Jonathan Kahn has a great book on this, but it's a paradigm. And we find that in history. And another way of saying that is history repeating itself. If we learn one thing from history, it's history repeating itself. But there's paradigms in Scripture. So when we find something that happens, we can call that a paradigm. Another way of calling it would be a principle. So we see that repeat itself over and over. Uh, Jonathan Kahn, I believe, he used the idea that Ahab and Jezebel, and you know how a Jezebel, she was a paganistic woman that marries supposedly, you know, someone that was supposed to be a godly man, and she influenced him, and she had control, and she was a very domineering woman, to say the least, and a very evil woman. And you see that in history, it repeats itself. And he even comes and compares it to, like, the Clintons. And it's pretty bizarre the way he does it, but, man, it's very neat. But he said there's a paradigm that you'll find in leadership. And, that you know, we know that there's domineering women, domineering men, but I'm talking about in leadership and how sometimes the judgment, and even does the math on the days, that there are so many days between Ahab's reign and the end of his reign and Clinton's and the end of his from the time he was a governor and not. And, and it does get seem that it gets far out there, but it's so true about a paradigm. And that's what I want you to think about when you read the book of Revelation, that there are things that are happening that are paradigms. There are things that were happening uh, the scripture says in First John that the, there's many antichrists, and that's important because th- there's not that we're waiting on one. There's already been many antichrists. And he says in the last days, basically in, in the end days, there's many antichrists. Well, he was marking starting then uh, in scripture in the New Testament. They were marking John the Revelators on the island of Patmos, and he's marking a time. And, and the Christians, he was un- in prison himself. 
So he was experiencing a spirit of the Antichrist, and it could have been in his generation, but but God has tarried, and now it's our, but there's always an Antichrist ready to step on the scene. Hitler would, could have been an Antichrist. Someone said that uh, the true Antichrist will make Hitler look like a backyard bully, and I'm not sure about that. John Hagee said that, but I do know this, that there are threefold prophecies. So let's move and let's look at the Word of God. Revelation chapter 14, the Bible says this. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his mind, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out with mixture under the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. And that's important. So this is this mark we're talking about, the actual mark of the beast. And there's so much here, but I'm just going to touch on this in this 20-minute podcast, is that first of all, they're saying there's a, there's a mark. So the worry is, what is the mark going to be? And a lot of people don't believe in a literal mark, that it's going to be a mark that he actually puts there, but they think it's going to be an, a cell phone implanted in our ear or uh, Bill Gates, I heard the other day. When he has his, takes his vaccination, that there's going to be little nanobites and tracking devices that, that go into us. And that could be a mark and that can make us. And it's, and it's that he's, we're going to be deceived into doing this one thing. And then all of a sudden it's going to be the mark. Well, first of all, if you take the mark of the beast, uh, I, I believe that we're going to, we're going to be raptured out before the mark happens. So let's, let me just relieve that of you. I believe that we're not going to have to go through that tribulation. We're not going to see that. Now we're going to see some things happen. We're already seeing the red carpet being rolled out. But I don't think we're going to have to worry about receiving the mark ourselves. But let's just say that we did. I don't think that the devil has ever, I don't see a paradigm in scripture that the devil does one thing and he totally turns someone's hearts the other way. No, the devil is, he's disguised himself as an angel of light. He is a master at deception. And that's how he will rule his people. That's how he will get them coerced. He'll come in peace. You know, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 13, verse 11, it says, and he had two horns like a lamb. So he'll be like, he'll, he'll be, he'll, he'll be look like this spiritual person. You know, there's anti-God, anti-Christ, there's God haters, and the devil's behind all that. But this will be this this beast that comes up out of the seat that gets his power, the Bible said in Revelations, from the dragon. The dragon will empower this religious-like leader. Now, I don't think he's going to be a religious leader like we think, but I think it's going to probably be something along the lines, this, this one-world religion or an idea. And, and it's more of an idea than it is just a system. And it creeps into the hearts of the people. Remember, he's deceiving us slowly. And that's what the devil's job is. He deceives us into believing something that's not true. He deceives us into believing that the Bible's not true. He deceives us into believing through teachers and preachers and through leaders of our country. And that's what this is going to be, I believe. But then let's, let's continue in Scripture a little bit. And they sm- and the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast in his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. And so there it is again, the mark of his name. Well, we know that the mark of his name, according to Revelations 13, 18, is 666. Six always signifies the number of man. Man was created on the sixth day. So when you see something that's six, it's man. So another way of saying his mark is man, man, man. So it's the the triune. See, we are triune beings, but so but God, God is you know his perfect number is seven. But we're triune. We're spirit, soul, and body. But the devil. This will be the tr- the work of 
the devil. And and I think there's reason to believe that he's doing the work, first of all, as someone that's anti-God, and then someone that doesn't believe in God, and then someone that acts like God, that would be the perfect trinity, the perfect mock of God. So those he can't get to hate God, he'll get to say there isn't a God. And then those gets to say there isn't a God, then he turns around and says, well, then there is one, but he's not like the one that that the Protestants believe there is. And we hear this, we hear this as common. This isn't unusual. This is a common spirit of the age that we're living in. I heard a mainline politician the other day, and he said, you know, that we're all from the same root. He said, you know, we need to teach more of the Muslim faith in our schools. Look it up. The, the more the Muslim faith in our schools, and we need to, you know, be doing that because we're just kind of all from the same root. Friends, that is devilish, demonic. It's not the same root. Muslims, not the same as Christianity. Are all Muslim bad? No, I don't believe that. Some are radical, some are. But they're not. Matter of fact, a Muslim wouldn't want to be called in the same root as us. The Muslim believed that Ishmael was the chosen one, and we believe that Abraham was the chosen one. It's not the same belief. This is a devilish doctrine. This is a spirit. People that believe that are walking in the spirit of the Antichrist. They don't have to be the Antichrist, but but it's looking like it doesn't mean it is like it because they call it religion now. This coexisting. We see these stickers, and it and it literally has. Uh, a pentagram. It also turn around and has a, a Jewish symbol, and then it has uh, the Church of Scientology, and it has a, a yin yang. It has all this different stuff, and that work to coexist. Yes, we can coexist on this planet. Thank God we live in America, but we can't co worship. And I think that would be the devil's dream is he gets us all to worship together and he would love to have our worship. The devil, the beast wants our worship, the dragon, the devil, he wants our worship. There's a lot of people that are deceived in believing that they're right with God because they said some prayer 20 years ago and they're serving the devil and living like the devil every day of their life. But I think this mark I want to deal with that this literal meaning and I know that the Bible is literal. We have to be careful because the language of Revelation is it's a poetry. It's allegorical, if you will. It's, it's a type of speech that they were familiar with in that day. And here's another place, Revelations 20 and 4, that the martyrs will have a mark on their forehead. Same thing, the marks on the forehead, the mark on the hand. So they're martyrs in heaven that John the Revelator saw in his vision that they'll be marked in their forehead. Revelations 14 and 1, there's 144,000 with their father's name written in their foreheads. So the 144,000, and whether you believe that's 144,000 Jews that were saved because of their faith, or 144,000 Gentiles, or like Hank Hanegraaff, the Bible answer man, he believes it wasn't a literal number, that it was just a language. No matter what you believe, what that 144,000 is, I'm not going to talk about all that right now, but the point is, whether it's literal or not, it says those 144,000 had a mark in their forehead, and those people were in heaven. So do you do you think that you have 144,000, or if that's innumerable, half a million, multitude, whatever, people with a mark on their forehead. And then God also allows that they're in heaven, so he needs to know the, who those are, so he marks their forehead. So and then so there's 144,000 plus the other people, and then the people down on earth, you know, after the rapture or whatever, pre-rapture. So there's going to be some people down here on earth, so he's going to mark the ones in heaven, which is who, and he's going to mark the ones on earth. That, that doesn't, even, doesn't even make sense because the mark of the beast, I believe, is in the heart. It's in the mind. 
the, the, they would understood this language in Revelation. I believe Matthew Henry's the one that agrees on this, or I agree with him. He doesn't agree with me, but he's a great commentator, and more than likely, it's someone that has the that has the 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 things of God on their mind and the work of God in their hands. You know, uh, they would have phylacteries, is what they would call them. And and the Jew, the Jewish people, when John the Revelator was given this vision, they would have understood this. the 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 church, as as they knew it at that time, would know this language because they would wear these phylacteries around their head. They would be boxes on their head, and they would have prayer scrolls in them. And and so what that would be was would be reminder to them on their mind that things they thought on. They would think of the Torah and the law of God. They would memorize the first five books of the Old Testament. That's what they would do. And so when they would bend over and they would feel that on their head or they would move or they would bump that, they would remember, oh, I got to think on the law of God. And they would put it on their hands and they would wrap scrolls around their fingers and things. And they would put them bracelets on to where it would remind them that when I go to do something, I reach up to hang a picture. When I reach down to tie my sandal or whatever I do, that's reminding me whatever I do, I got to do to the glory of God. This is all language they would have understood. And I think it's a language that we can understand today. When I'm doing anything, when I go out and go to work, am I doing it to the glory of God? When I'm working for the church, am I doing it for the glory of God or I'm doing it for me. And the, and the 666, that number, that trinity of the devil, that, that's the opposite of Christianity. It's more of me, more for me, more for me. When I work, I do the things for me. When I think, I think about how I can promote me. He says, if, you, if he be lifted up, he'll draw all men into himself. When man's lifted up, then down goes God. One preacher said, when, when man's lifted up, God goes down. But when God's lifted up, man goes down. And that's the way it is. It's the principle of our heart, of our mind. We're trying being like God. We are soul, body, we're spirit. And God knows when he sees his children what we are. I don't think we have to worry about an implant coming in and it being the mark of the beast. And oh my goodness, we we knew all along, we trusted God. And then all of a sudden, and now the devil's got us. It's not going to be that, that kind of trickery. It's going to be a deception that takes time. I think it's important to realize that not only is there going to be a world religion, but also there's going to be a lack of religion. Those things are both devilish, and they're all the work of Satan. There's only there's only one way to Christ. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. And all these ideas, there's one thing that will happen with the Antichrist. He'll, there'll be miracles, some of them fabricated, some of them real. Can you think about how easy it would be to deceive people with miracles? I mean, we could show a video and trick the video. We see it happen all the time with this pandemic with politics. And we can take things out of context. I saw something the other day that was taken out of context, and this kid won $18 million, and he's going through these news stations that made it look like he was doing the attacking when he was being attacked, and how so many people were in an uproar about what this kid was doing to these protesters when he was the one being attacked, and we're being deceived. Can you think about how easy it would be for the devil to deceive us through video and through internet and through uh, people, uh, the news stations? And by the way, I think it's worth mentioning that when you look in the scripture and you look in the Hebrew alphabet, when you look at it, the number 666, guess what that stands for? The sixth number in their alphabet is W. So it stands for W, W, W. Cal Ray pointed that out when he preached. Calvin Ray Evans, a fine preacher, and he said that it stands for WWW. You know, and and so you don't think how the devil could just spread heresy, how he could just spread things. What do you think's happening? We're being duped into it. We're being pulled into it. 
You can t- people don't need to go to church anymore because they get their church on their cell phone. They get all their feeding from their cell phone. I seen the other day it said that an average teen spends over eight hours a day on their cell phone on these different social media apps. And you know what? They can read their Bible. They can do all that stuff, but they're being programmed by that device. God help us. You know, I, you say, well, you think that the Antichrist is the Internet? No, I think it's a very good possibility that God is warning us and that we can see. Just look, don't even take the WWW into, into, into effect. Don't even consider it, but think about what it's doing. Man, if we lose our phone, we lose our minds. You hear what I said? We lose our minds. Our minds are to be fixed on him. We have to be so very cautious and so very careful that we don't believe garbage. I heard someone the other day, uh, well, several years ago, and they said, you know, I was told this and told this and told this, and I watched a five-minute video, and it changed my life forever. And I thought, oh, man, video is powerful, isn't it? And we use video for good things, for godly things. But I thought, man, if it's that easy for us to be changed by video, think about if we saw some miraculous wonder and, and the devil is going to give the Antichrist power and we saw some miraculous thing, someone's limb grow back or someone be raised from the dead or something uh, something grow very rapidly or some uh, army be defeated by one person. We could see that, how we would it'd be in awe and that, oh my goodness. That's why I tell people, guard your imagination. People and their theories, and 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 I'm I know I should I'm sure I should probably be more worried. I, I'm sure that I should probably look into these conspiracy things more. But I'm not a conspiracy guy. I don't think I ever will be. I'm just not made that way. I think we need to be careful of looking at all these conspiracies. And you know, I've seen people so wound up. You know, people I love, and I don't mean this disrespectful. So wound up, man, Bigfoot, flat earth. I mean, you can just name it. I mean, that, you know, uh, I've seen people hung up on one part of the Bible that they, they didn't understand, they didn't agree with, or someone proved it was wrong. The Bible's never been proven wrong in all the years it was, but we've never seen, we've never found a Bigfoot either, as far as I know. But my point is, and UFOs, and I mean, they're this idea that we're searching for something, we're searching for somebody, we're searching for something, and the devil loves us to be so preoccupied with everything else you know be careful that we don't get on the internet and spend our time you know it's you can get on facebook but make sure you get in the good book make sure that you you feel your mind in your thought he said love god with all your heart all your soul all your mind and all your strength and the things that we do when we wake up in the morning, we say, God, help us live this day for you. Help us work while it is still day because night is coming. And friends, if I ever want to encourage you to get into the word of God, people people worry and think about ways that something's going to happen. And I'm not, I'm not against masks. I don't really care. I'll wear a mask. I already have. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I'm saying the spirit of fear has been the fear mongling, the, the fear that's been pushed out through the news, through the network, through the media, through preachers that are standing up and saying that, you know, we're just not ever going to do this and we should always be careful and listen we don't need to do the government's job people are scared enough we need to have a sound mind and stand up and point to the cross and say that he is the way to life and if i get something if something happens to me to be absent from the bodies to be present with the lord and everything's going to be all right sure i'm going to take precautions but i refuse to live in fear i refuse to live in that i've had 
Things happen to me and the devil's trying to make me fearful, but I refuse to live that way. To live is Christ, but to die is gain, the Apostle Paul said. And I'm looking forward to the rapture. I'm looking at the eastern skies. I believe that it won't be long when those eastern skies will open up. And I believe that our Lord is coming. And I know that he's going to know me and I'm going to know him. And one day I'm going to know him in the full power of his resurrection. And he's going to know me and I'm going to know you in heaven. I'll be ever learning and I'll understand these things better. But the bottom line is that I need to do today to serve him. What do I need to do today to get my mind clear of the clutter? What do I need to do today to make sure I'm working for him? We ought to be not just an inlet for the things of God, not just selfish consumers, but selfless producers. We ought to be producing something in the kingdom of God. We are to be up and about the Father's business. Friends, I hope this word's been good to you. I know I couldn't cover it all in this podcast, but until next time, friends, God bless.